What's up, No Nation? Welcome to another episode of Plant the Spear Podcast. We're here to talk about the new CFP format that has been pretty much released now. I know there's still some some details in the workings, still some things they got to agree to, still being run by the the crooked committee. So you know, you know how is, they are, right? It is what it is, but it's interesting. And there's been some changes that have been made, some changes that were expected to be made for quite a long time since the original six plus six format was announced, but Given the crazy landscape of of you know college football and the way things are going right now, they kind of had to revisit things because the poor old decimated Pac-12, uh, you know, currently as the Pac-2, uh, they just kind of had some made some they had to make some adjustments. And to yeah. be honest, I think they made the right move in this because when you just look at how things played out, the, the, it would have been crazy to give them that automatic qualifier bid. Right. So we're going to get into it today. We're going to talk about what the new the format is. Some things that we think are going to play out long term with these changes and then how that affects Florida State, what it means for the Knowles. So just let's get up to speed on this first, Michael. Let's just jump into this and, and kind of lay out the format here. So okay. stepping back, we originally know you had six plus six. You had your power right. five. Now, to be fair, the, the committee, the CFP, whatever you want to call them, they don't use the word power five no. or group of five because it's Correct. not a technical name. So it was originally six plus six, five power five champions, which was assumed, and a G5 yeah. champion, and then six at-large bids. Now it is going to be five conference champions, no matter the level, based on your ranking, and seven at-large teams. So Correct. you're going to have still have that opportunity to win your conference and get that automatic qualifier bid, in a Correct. sense. The only thing that really changed is the fact that it's now five conference champion okay. bids because the pac 12 what they've done is the two remaining schools have basically said we agree it's not fair for us one of two schools only to right. get in there i mean they're playing a modified mountain west yeah. schedule this year right. so it's just not going to be a fair footing to put one of them in so now you have five conference champion bids and seven at large bids and i think this is going to be good i think you have an opportunity to get some more teams in here you still have that little bit of Cinderella story if you want yeah. by getting a G5 team in there. <laughs> and so let's just kind of we'll do some overall thoughts and then we'll get into it. So, uh, you know, the, the format and everything there. So I'll let you share some overall thoughts on this. And, and do, do you like it? Do you think it's necessary? And, and how do you think it's going to play out? And then we'll, we'll kind of go over the whole thing, get in a little bit in depth here. Well, I mean, thanks for having me, Jesse. This is this was inevitable. I mean, think about yeah. it. When they introduced the four-team playoff, the first iteration of this back in 2014, you knew that we were going to end up here. And let's just go ahead and be honest about this right now. We will eventually get to 16 teams. Yep. Now, I don't see there any other way that there won't be 16-team playoff. And, that, and I think that's probably what, where it will stop. But I know we're going to get to the 16 teams. This format was inevitable. It was going to happen. It needed to happen. It was not enough to just have four teams competing for a national championship. Because sometimes, in some of those years, they those weren't the four best teams. I mean, case in point, last year, those were not the four best teams. I don't care what you say. I don't care what argument you have. Those were not the four best teams. Because there was a fifth best team that actually, and a sixth, I would argue, with Georgia and Florida State, that got left out of the playoffs. So you knew that that they were going to always have to make a modified schedule for the playoffs. And this 5-7, of course, the transfer portal hit the Pac-12 hard. Those people transferred out, and you only yep. got two left. It doesn't. It makes total sense, and kudos to the Pac-12 two teams, Pac-2, for recognizing that. And so, yeah, so the five uh, uh, conference champions, highest-ranked conference champions, which we'll get into in a second, because it can be confusing how to understand this format. Yeah. Um, plus the the seven at large, it's going to make for a very intriguing and interesting season next season. Yeah, and I do think you're right about the 16 team playoff. And you know, for what it's worth, one of the big two controlling powers, the Big Ten Conference Commissioner, he's in favor of a 16 team playoff. Yes. And yes. so, really, right now, that's another topic that we're going to cover in this episode: is the Big 12 SEC alliance or whatever you want to call it. Or, surely, yeah. it, it surely isn't <laughs> going to work out like the ACC and the Pac-12 and all that alliance. That that didn't go anywhere uh, fast. But so, let's get into this five-seven format. First off, let's talk about what it is. So, you have the yes. five highest-ranking conference champions. Now, they here's here's the kicker to this: in their statement when they when they released this. It said that there is no conference that will qualify automatically and there will be no limit on the number of participants from a conference. So that doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be the Power Five champions, 
and the group of five champions. It could be, especially in the automatic qualifier bid, you could have a, a G5 team certainly run up the ranks and, and end up getting one of those bye weeks with the, the first four teams, one through four, the first four seeds, will get a bye in the first round of the playoffs. So that's coveted. You want to get a hold of that bye. Right. <laughs> um, but there's a few other th fun things that we're going to talk about. But as far as that goes, I think the important thing to remember here is that if you win your conference, you have a 99%, not 100 because they just said there's no there's no for sure tie-ins. You have a 99% chance of being in the playoff if you're a Power 5 right. conference champion. And the perfect example that we were talking about before the show, we were trying to decode this whole thing because it does get confusing quick. You know, <laughs> when quick. you Right. The perfect example here is looking at Liberty last year. Now, when you look at week 15 of the CFP rankings, which was right before Selection Sunday or, or whatever, um, you know, a dark day in, in Tallahassee history, mm -hmm. but they were 13 and 0 and ranked 23rd. That's and right. so your team right above them was Clemson at eight and four. That's so. Right. You know, as we talked about, you're going to have to be doing some things to be yep. a G5 team that, that jumps a Power 5 champion. Now, I think what's important is if you win your conference, you have that 99% chance of getting in. Now, you also have the seven at-large spots. So you can still be a high rank. Like if you're playing in your conference championship game as a Power 5 team and you lose, you still have a really good opportunity to get Correct. in there because you're going to be one of those higher ranked teams. You know, if you look at Louisville last year, you know, it, when Louisville lost, they very well could have kind of squeaked in there. I mean, they were right on the outside. Uh, they were before then they, they were right on the outside. So maybe they get left out, but you have that opportunity. You know, if Louisville, we yeah. talked about this before, if Louisville had upset Florida state, in that ACC title game, they would have gotten in, but Florida State probably would have gotten one of those at-large yeah, bids. I, I would assume. Right. Now, here's where it's going to get a little a little dicey here. There is no limit to the conference, the, uh, the amount of conference players that they can have in there. So we all know this is going to be very heavily slated towards the Big Ten and the SEC. They're probably right. going to have a majority of those teams in there. But I think the exciting thing for this is, one, you do keep the door open for that Cinderella story. Like, you would have had Liberty in there. And just for the sake of knowing, last year, when you look at what it would have looked like in 2023, Florida State would have drawn Liberty in yep. the, first, the round. first round. So yep. they would have still had that opportunity. Now, Liberty would have been the only G5 team in there. And, Correct. you know, we were talking about this earlier. Even some of the best G5 teams throughout history struggle to get in the top 10. So That's right. it's it's still going to be very heavily slated to the power five. And a lot of that has to do with the strength of schedule. Right. Now, as much as we say that it's kind of not fair to load this thing with big 10 and sec teams, when you look at the current expansion format, the landscape of college football, they got a lot of good teams, yeah. you know, outside of Clemson, Florida state and Notre Dame on a whim, maybe because they've made the playoffs before, even though they get blown out every time they make it in, there's not a whole lot of top tier programs left that aren't in those two conferences or the three right. teams that we named. So they have a, you know, you have a pretty good opportunity and as one of those, you know, they're going to load up and, and it is what it is. I mean, even when you look at just from a brand marketplace, cause you know, this whole thing's run by TV nowadays. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. you know, I was doing some, some research on it last, uh, the other day out of the top 25 most watched teams in 2023, 17 of them, our current Big Ten or SEC teams that's going into that's 2024. Right. So the numbers, the you know the TV numbers are there. Three that's of right. those out of there were Florida State, Notre Dame, and Clemson. Those were three other teams. So you know if expansion works like we think it is, and those three brands end up somewhere in a conference, and we're gonna talk about Notre Dame in a minute, why they're gonna end up in a conference, that's gonna be big, man. Because once they're essentially gonna shut out, you know these other conferences. But yeah, so you got so yeah, just to run it back, you have your five top ranked conference champions, no matter what conference they come from, probably going to be the power five and then a G five. Those teams one through four get a buy in the first round of the playoffs. Then you have five through 12 that will face off in the rest of the, the playoff teams and the higher ranked seeds in those games get a home playoff game. Yeah. Now you always want to buy. I mean, let's be honest, you know, I, you you're, it's a guaranteed win. It is what it is. You can call it like it is. But at the same time, I think a home playoff game is pretty freaking cool, man. Like, you imagine having a, a college football playoff game be between, like, say, Florida State and, and Michigan or Florida State and Alabama or something like that inside yep. Dope in late oh, December. Man. That's going to be awesome. 
That's gonna be crazy. Now think about this. This is this is the th- the thought that I keep thinking about. Okay, with the, let's just start with the five, you know, uh, highest ranked conference champion. Okay, so basically the the way I'm understanding this format is that at the end of the season, and we'll get into the whole strength of schedule thing in a little bit. But at the end of the season, it honestly doesn't matter where you're ranked. Nope. In some ways, unless you're an at large bid, unless you're an at large bid. But if you are a conference champion. Okay, and you're ranked in the top 25 of the college football invitation top 25. Okay, then you are in line for one of the top five spots. Okay, if we went off of this year, okay, let's just say this: you literally could have a liberty. Let's say, let's say that, let's say Florida State wasn't fifth. Let's just run that scenario. Okay, let's say Florida State was higher, and Liberty was the was the conference champion. They were the lowest of the top of the top five conference champions, so they got the fifth seed, you could almost have a scenario where Liberty is hosting a playoff game yeah. at their location with like a Penn State or Ohio State or Old Miss or Oregon or Missouri, or even if Georgia's having a down year and they make the top 12, where Georgia goes to Liberty to play right. a game because Liberty is a top five conference champion and they are awarded one of those top five slots and they would probably jump 10 spots to get there that's what's crazy spots. they could be ranked 23rd or 20th let's say they're 20th but because they are the fifth highest ranked conference champion they will then get that fifth spot yep. in the in the playoff that is wild to me it is wild and you know they they always put a lot into winning your conference and that's always yep. been a big aspect of it's everything. always been it yep until, until last year um <laughs> you know until last year thanks old boo uh, boo. you know he might be out but he's never going to be out of our, our angry dreams or whatever that's right um, but at the same time yeah i mean it, it's it feels like there's almost too much weight put on winning a conference with this new format but at the same time, and that's why we think, like in my opinion, I think you're probably going to go to a 16 team playoff, and you yeah. may not play a conference championship game yeah. anymore. You may not. Right. You may just may go to the highest seeded one. But yeah. yeah, it is crazy, and you're going to have some people who are going to get their feelings hurt a little bit when maybe they're Absolutely. on the bubble. You know, Absolutely. say say that team that you're talking about jump from 20 up to five, and you're right. number 12. Now and you're number 13. Down. Exactly. You're going to be mad. So that's, that's the other thing. What's crazy about there this. could still be drama. You know oh, what I mean? Yeah. There, there could still there be some is drama. going to be drama. So if right. you're in that, if you're in that, oh gosh, if you're in that, I'm going to say 11, 12, 13, if you're between 11 and 15, okay, if you're somewhere in that range, as the season is winding down, as we're getting close to Selection Sunday, man, you are sweating all kinds of things, right? Oh, yeah. Because yeah. one, if you're, if you're, uh, yeah, if you're 13 to 15, you're trying as hard. You're hoping everybody loses. You're hoping all yeah. that. But if you're 11 and 12, and th- if you're 11 and 12, you're hoping that there you're is sweating. no conference champion ranked below you. Like you're just right. hoping because if they do, everything slots right down after that. Like, yep. wow. Yeah. And see, that's the thing is like, it will fix to a degree, what happened last year with Florida State, a Power 5 right. conference champion being left being out. out. right? But you're still going to have drama again at 10, 11, 12, where someone's going to feel like they got screwed and, and someone's yep. going to feel like they got gifted in. And so what, what really makes this interesting is so like, okay, so you have your five conference champions. It doesn't matter, you know, if, if it's SEC, Big 10, G5, or whoever from what conference right. that comes from, ACC, Big 12, Big 12. ACC. You, you still yeah. have those five in. So then the next seven slots, you're competing as the highest-ranked at-large bid. Now, see, this is where it gets confusing for a team like Notre Dame, and this is why oh, it's an interesting subject go. to bring up with them. So this is also one of the main reasons I think Notre Dame's days as an independent are numbered. Coming to because, an end. So you could end up, let's just say Notre Dame has a great year, and they end up number one in the final CFP rankings before Selection Saturday or Selection Sunday. They would get dropped. To According a, to, to the rules, right? They would get dropped to the six seed yep. because the five would jump above them because they're, or excuse me, they would jump to five because the one through four guaranteed the top four slots or or whatever. So, but either way, they wouldn't, they would not be number one. They would not get a yeah. buy. Yeah. And so, in theory, Notre Dame can never have a buy in the playoffs. They can't because they're they nope. can never be a conference champion. Hence, why I think they're going to join a, a conference. And also, if you know, side note, when these two 
power conferences, the two superpower conferences in the Big Ten and right. the SEC, if they keep expanding, 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 and now they have all the teams that Notre Dame traditionally traditionally plays, they might just tell them, look, you're either going to join the conference or you're not going to have a schedule. Exactly. And, and without that strength of schedule, you're not going to make it in because you have to be up there. And, you know, we talked about earlier where when you looked at week 15 of the college football playoff rankings and looked at where Notre Dame was, I mean, they were nine and three and they were outside. They were at number 16. So they would have to win 10 to 11 games. Oh, so yes, I think yes. they're going to have to join a conference to have that opportunity. Now, the benefit to Notre Dame on the flip side is you don't have to take the risk of playing a conference championship game nope. and you still have seven at-large bids to fight for. Yep. But, you know, you, you would like to think that a lot of the teams that are in a conference championship game that maybe don't win, they're going to be pretty close to fighting for that as well. And oh, yeah. so, so, like, where does the weight come in? Now, I think this also brings up something that we can, we can kind of talk about now is strength of schedule. So if you know that you want to be the highest-ranked conference champion so basically if you go undefeated and you win your conference you're going to be it you're in you're pretty much in there you almost have no benefit now if you're yep. a power five team in scheduling these hard out of conference games like th these ones we have coming up with alabama or with georgia and, and these ones that are coming up you almost get no benefit because you can right. still lock in that conference title game now at the same time if you were to if you were to win that game and you were at an at-large position, that's going to help you if you win, but it's going to hurt you if you lose. Yeah. Now, on the flip side of that, with the G5, you got to take some risk because yeah. you need to get your butt into the top 12, yeah. and you're going to have to beat some good teams to do it. That's why you saw a team like Liberty at 13-0 and ranked below, you know, I'm looking at the rankings now, but below four, four lost Power 5 teams. So you're going to have to take those risks, whereas the Power 5 teams, I think you're going to de-risk your schedule a little bit because you almost get no benefit from playing those hard games unless you're just really trying to go for that at-large bid. Right. Yeah, I mean, in some ways I in some ways I see what you're saying, and so, in other ways I, I, I'm, I'm a little different on that. And here's why. Because if you're a G5 school, you're, you're going to take you, – you need to take some risk to get into the top 25. Right. It, it doesn't matter if you – well, let me say it this way. You need to take some risk to get into the top 25 rankings, and then you have to go undefeated and win your conference or at least one game loss and win your conference. If you win your conference with one loss and you're in the top 25, as long as you're the highest-ranked G5 team, you're likely in the top five seeds of the playoff, right? I mean, right. that's really it. So you don't have to like go for broke and play like a super, super hard non-conference schedule. You just need that one win against a power five opponent that is recognizable enough to get you into the top 25. And then you need to win your conference title. If you do that based on the five, seven format and you're the highest ranked G, the highest ranked G5 team, there are only four other Power Five conference champions, right? There's right. the SEC, Big Ten, ACC, Pac-12. That is it. You just got to be the best of the G5. And if you're the highest ranking of them, then even if you have one loss, uh, but you're ranked in the top 25 and you're the highest of the G5, you're going to be in one of those five slots, the fifth slot most likely. Oh, you'll be in. I think my point was more, unless you are basically guaranteeing your way in by winning the conference. If you're right. going to try and get an oh, at-large slot, yeah, the at it's, lot, never, yeah. it's never going to happen yeah, unless you win the right. conference. So you basically right. have to win that. Um, but no, I mean, I, you make a good point, but I think it's also, like I said, you know, when you look at some of the schedules, and this is why strength of schedule is so going to be so important. Right. When you just look at, at the teams, we were talking about it before, in the final selection Saturday, 11 out of 12 teams <laughs> were current – Big 10 or SEC right. teams. Florida State was the only outlier that is not going to be in one of those conferences in 2024. Now, I do want to make a point for this because I don't know if I said it earlier in the episode. This is only 24 and 25. Yeah, that's and it. Then it's it a two-year deal. Right. It will be reformatted in, in 26. That could be where they bring in back the 6-6 six to six and, and they have 6 plus 6 and they include the Pac-12 if they figured themselves out. Right. Or it could go to that 16-team playoff. Now, yeah. Again, when you talk about how they're going to handle the Big Ten and the SEC issue where they formed this alliance, and we know that it's kind of been rumored a little bit that they're expected to ask for guaranteed playoff spots. They want a bigger cut of the money. 
it sounds terrible, man. It really does. It sounds like you, you could basically just break those two conferences off and have their own playoff. And I think that in a sense, you almost have to bend your knee to them a little bit because yeah. they they could very well do that. And they could take basically every top brand and leave. And, you know, if they snap up Florida State, Clemson and Notre Dame, then it, it's lights out. I mean, you, you yeah. could basically have the whole playoff out of those two conferences. But again, that's what we were talking about. Like as, as much as it pains me to say it, the 2024 version of those two conferences, they have 90% of the best teams in college football right. as it stands right now. So it's not far-fetched to think they deserve those, but the guaranteed slots, I think, is where you get a little bit of a problem. Now, I I think, again, you're going to put Notre Dame in a pickle, and so they're going to probably end up joining somewhere. And then Florida State, we know, is talking about getting out already. So it just depends on you know where they end up. And I, and I think this is also somewhere where – this puts more emphasis on Florida State getting out of the ACC because one, you could be losing money by the, those two conferences taking up the the large sharehold of the payout, but you may also have like two chances to get in. Uh, you know, to be honest, because when they start comparing strength to schedule, you could have a you know say a, a ten and two Missouri team or something like that from the SEC that had to go through that SEC gauntlet or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you're sitting there as an 11 and one ACC team that maybe just lost in the in the conference champion against a team that is now in the playoffs. You might get left out for for yeah. a team that has more losses than you, based on strength of schedule. Because again, this is still dependent on the CFP committee rankings. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it makes sense. It makes sense. You may not like it because I didn't like it at first when I re- was reading the news about how the SEC and the Big Ten wanted guaranteed slots. But it makes sense why they would want that. And they're they're only doing their job. I'm not saying they should be afforded that. I'm not saying that that's the way it goes. But it makes sense why they want that. Because, Kate, just as you said, the SEC and somewhat the Big Ten, they're going to play a more difficult schedule than right. the ACC, than the Big 12, than any other conference, right? Because, you know, the SEC, it's already been reported that they're basically going to be moving to a non-conference game schedule, which means there's only going to be three out-of-conference, uh, non-conference um, gaming that games that they're going to schedule. So in theory, and again, Florida State's eventually going to be out of this conference, whatever. So I'm not, I'm not picking on Florida State. What I'm just right. saying is you could literally be an 11-1 or 12-0, 13-0 ACC champion going forward and not have played the same type of schedule unless you, unless your non-conference was filled with SEC or Big Ten teams, which would be ridiculous because why right. would you do that? Because basically the way the format's set up right now is you just win. You, you win the ACC and you're in one of those five slots somewhere, yeah. right? And so if you win the ACC, you could literally have three losses on your plate and you're going to be in one of those, those, you're not going to be the top slot, but you're definitely be in one of those, those, those slots There's there. Five, yeah. And so you're in, so why play a difficult schedule? Why play it all? This model is basically rendering a strength of schedule argument outside of at large teams obsolete. If you right. win your conference champion, it doesn't matter the schedule you play. Right. Right. It only matters if you are uh, a group of five conference champion. Right. Because where you're ranked. But if you're as long as you're the highest group of five, then you're good. Um, And then it doesn't matter if you're a power five, because as long as you're in that top 25 ranking, you're going to be more likely going to be ranked higher, even at three losses than a group of five champions sometimes. So you're going to be in the slot. So in my mind, it almost diminishes strength of schedule. Outside of at large. Now, when it comes to the right. seven at large slots, then yes, strength of schedule comes into play. But for those top five slots, it doesn't matter what you play. So right. it really yeah. diminishes that. Right. And I think the, that's a great point. Now, it kind of, I kind of thought a few different things while you were saying that. It kind of dawned on me just now. So it's like, okay, if you were to go nine and zero in the ACC, and say you played three Big Ten or SEC teams outside of that, and you lost every one, you're still in the playoffs. You're That's still in the playoffs. Playoffs. It doesn't matter. doesn't matter. I think you could also get rewarded if you were if you were to kind of like give yourself a little bit of buffer area there where if you're like, okay, what if we don't win the conference championship? Yep. Then you're going to need those good wins. That's and I true. Think like if you were to be able to put a feather cap, like we play Alabama 25-26, if you could put that feather in your cap and say, well, we beat Alabama. 
And right. that's uh, that's an SEC team that's going to be on the fringe of being in every single year. That's going to make your resume look better. So right. you could get by with scheduling those teams. I just don't think, like, if you feel like you're the best team in the ACC or whatever conference you're in, then you don't necessarily need it. No, um, you don't. Right. And, and so it's just, but, like, you know, back to those teams. And, and again, we think Florida State's going to be out of the ACC probably by 25, uh, you know, just the way things are going. Again, it just comes back to knowing the reality, and, and I feel bad saying this because we kind of died on this hill last year with the strength of schedule, and, and Florida State did beat LSU, and they did beat right. Florida you know, on the road with a backup, and they did all those things. But again, it comes back to, and, and this is also considering the 2024 version of those conferences, right. when you That's add right. the Texas and Oklahoma, and you add the Oregon and the Washington into the pack, or uh, excuse me, into the Big Ten, you know, and like we were talking about before the show, it's like when you just talk about the difficulty of navigating that versus navigating the ACC. I mean, let's call it what right. it is. This is why we're trying to get the heck out of this conference. Right. You right. know, and before Miami fans chime in, chime in you're part of the reason that the schedule sucks. Thank you. Um, but, you know, it's like the joke that I made earlier. It's like, what what would be harder to fight six 15-year-olds or 15 six-year-olds? You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> if, if we're battling some six-year-olds, like I'm pow-powing and we're in the playoffs. Yeah, <laughs> we're in the playoffs. Six 15-year-olds, I'm probably in trouble. So we're going to the hospital later. Yeah, yeah, we're going to the hospital with a couple of black eyes there. But I, I think that, yeah, I mean, it is important to have a good strength of schedule for the at-large portion. But like you said, I mean, if you if you're in a, one of the conferences that can get that automatic qualifier bid, you don't necessarily That's need right. that because you know, look That's at right. Florida State last year; they could have lost to LSU, they could have lost to Florida, and they still would have been in the playoffs. In. They yep. still would have been in the playoffs. So it's it's a little confusing to get used to this new format, but I'm excited yeah. about it. I think 12 is, an, is kind of a weird number um, of teams. I don't know that I love four buys, at, at, you know, but at the same time, I think that the reason I don't hate the buys is because I think you need to have some kind of reward. You need to be for, rewarded for being yes. good because essentially, yes. you know, if you were say like the number one team in the country and you had a conference championship game the last week, you're even if you lose and that's a ranked team like Michigan, Ohio state or something last year, say that was a conference title game. You could sit your starters and you're yep. still going to be in the top 12. So I think that's it right. gives you that little bit of reward yeah. for trying to be better throughout the course of the season and finish as one of those top four teams, because you know, you want that buy. Now I think that the, the First edition of the playoffs games, the first round are going to be around December the 20th. And then yep. um, all the all the subsequent games after that, after the home games are knocked out, are going to be your New Year's Six Bowls. Correct. And, and so those will happen still. Uh, I think it's one on New Year's Eve and three on New Year's Day is the way it's going to be. But, you know, man, I, I still think like when you talk about rest versus rust and you look at the, you know, what would you rather have? Would you rather have that extra week to prepare and end up being like three weeks off? That's or right. would you, you want that home playoff game? And, and now I That's think right. you always take the automatic win, but a home playoff game is a game changer. And, and I, I think that's Man. fun. You know, I, college I football with a home playoff game atmosphere. Oh my God. It's exciting. And I think you also open the door to some other cool things. Like, you know, it may not be fun for us coming from Florida, but you know, everyone says like, we we're talking about going to the big 10. And if you're talking about, okay, well it's cold. And everybody says, well, it's not that cold till later in the year. Well, that's going to be a playoff game potentially <laughs> at Michigan, right. at Penn state. And you at could be Ohio talking, state. Right. And you could be talking about playing that in late December. It could be, yeah. it could be pretty darn cold. So there oh, could be man. some advantages there that, that could just be fun. But overall, I think it's good for the sport. I, I think obviously the four team playoff had some flaws and, and you know, when you just look at, how many blowouts that they had in, in yeah. that format. It just really didn't work. It was, no. you know, maybe better than a two team with the BCS format. I think maybe they should have let the BCS pick the four teams. They, neither here nor there on that. But I think this is a, a cool format and I think it will get to yeah. 16 teams. But overall, yeah, I mean, I, I like the idea of having the ability to go out, win your conference, get rewarded for it, get that automatic yes. kind of qualifier bid. Um, of course, you got to be high ranked because it's no guarantee. Right. I, you know, we, right. we were talking about earlier, like, you could literally have a absolute disaster scenario. Now, this is almost this is never. Like, this is never going to happen. This is 2007 reincarnated all if over you remember, again. Right? If you remember that season, I think Kansas was like number two at some Oh point. gosh. Um, you know, but Kansas and Missouri were right, one like, and two. Exactly. And say you were to have like the ACC champion finish six and six. I don't know. It's hard to say. Um, and then the Big Twelve champion finished like six and six or something like that. You could theoretically have like a, a Atlantic team and a Sun Belt team snag two of those spots and then one and an one American of those, team 
Right. Yeah. And one of, one of those teams might get left out. Those power five teams could possibly right. be stuck fighting for that at large bid. So I think, you know, again, like I said, I think you have the ability to almost lock in a playoff spot by winning your conference. I like that. So you don't yep. have the, uh, the situation that happened last year. You also get that little bit of Cinderella story there with like a team like Liberty. I mean, let's be honest. They're probably going to, you know, they're probably going to get their teeth kicked in when they get into the playoffs. Yeah. It is what it is. But I like the ability. You see it happen in college basketball all the time. It's the greatest story in sports That's when right. you see the, you know, the, a 16 seed upset a one or something like that. So I think it does ha leave some excitement on the table there. Unfortunately, it's probably going to be mostly Big Ten and SEC teams, but that could, that could work for our yeah. advantage in the next few years because, you know, as it looks right now, we're on our way to the door and we may have a couple of options and, and uh, you know, I'm going to kick it to you and let you talk about that a little bit, but it seems like this thing is getting rolling and we may yeah. have more than one door to explore. Now with ESPN getting involved in this lawsuit, one of those two options is getting a little bit hard to see, Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, but I, I still think at the end of the day, we're going to be out of here sooner than later. That's right. Well, before we jump into that, cause, cause, and this will connect to the, to the FSU's conference uh, update, but, Think about this. Now, what this would automatically make someone assume is that, oh, well, then this, in a lot of ways, nullifies the impact that the conference football invitational committee has on this. You would be absolutely wrong. And here's why. Because, yes, the 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 5-7 format is the five highest ranked conference champions, right? now. Again, it is in the eye of the beholder, and the beholder is the committee who will determine where each conference champion is ranked in their top 25 ranking, right? So yep. you better be like, you can't be naive to think that the SEC and the Big Ten aren't going to be influential and sending basically lobbyists to those committees to basically say, well, You've got to rank the SEC or the Big Ten higher in the conference champion pecking order. Let's say your top five conference champions all have uh, two losses. Let's say all of them all have two losses. There's no undefeated team uh, one year, and they all have two losses, whatever. You better be you, – you you darn sure better know that the SEC and the, and the, and the Big Ten are going to be lobbying however they do it secretly because there's not supposed to be any legal lobbying, but however they do it secretly for the committee to make sure that their conference champion is ranked in one of those top three or four spots. You know that's going to happen. And so the committee is still going to have a great influence on this uh, on this playoff, and especially even more so now with the with the uh, at-large bids, yep. which is why it is incredibly important for FSU to get the heck out of the ACC. And right. if you've been following along, go ahead. Well, I will say one thing, too, is like, the good thing about the ACC and and with the expansion, the other two conferences are doing everybody's kind of doing away with the divisions. Right. But like if you think about back to when you had the coastal. Yeah. You know, Florida State. So in so many years could have been the second best team in the ACC and been locked right. out of that conference title game because they played the same division as Clemson, who was out there That's winning right. national championships. So without the divisions, I think it is eminently better to help yes. your chances to get in. Yes. But like you said, I mean, I think with the lobbying and, and with looking again, cut back to what I said earlier, 11 out of 12, the top 12 teams last year on selection Saturday or Sunday or whatever it was, were other than Florida state, they were all out of two conferences as of 2024. That's right. So you just have to figure that you are battling for one of the at-large spots with a lot deeper pool of competition that, that That's could right. be ranked above you as a, you know, would it shock me to see a nine and three sec team or big 10 team make it in over like an 11 and one ACC team or, or big no. 12 team? Not in the least bit. Not so least I, bit. Right. So I do think you're still going to have that little bit of influence. I still think that's why you still need style points. You still need yeah. to win against good competition. Um, you know, it's just, I think it opens the door for you to bypass the committee. Yes. By winning your conference because yes. you know, they they can put you one through four, you're still getting that put buy. You in. Right. right, you're right. you're still in and you're still getting that buy. But I think once if you don't win your conference and you get to the at large section, you're at the mercy. You are at the mercy, and it's going to be a lot of strength of schedule and what the other teams did. And you know you're yeah. going like, I don't think we'll ever be as mad as we were as an undefeated Oof. Power Five champion getting left out. But it's still going to make your blood boil if, if you say yeah. you're you're 
eleven and one, ten and two, and a, and a nine and three or eight and four SEC team or whatever just kind of jumps over you right you. there at the last minute. It's going to yeah. piss you off still. So yeah, yes, it um, is, and that's why I, it's important. Right. I just I do like the fact that there are twelve chances now. So whereas yeah. you can have a really good season, and at the same time, you know where where we argued that Florida State what they could do last year, but they never got the right. opportunity. Right. Now they would have gotten the opportunity. And, and that's so that's, right. that's why I do like the new format because then at least then you can kind of go prove it. You can go earn it. That's if right. you still think that's you were right. one of those better teams, you can go prove it. You can go prove it. And it makes, and it, this is why it makes a world of deal for, for Florida state to get out of the ACC because they can prove it. They know they can play with the big boys. They've always played with the big boys. I mean, everyone used to say way back when I, when you and I were kids that the, that Florida state played like an sec team anyways. Right. Um, and so it, it makes it even that much more imperative that they get out of uh, the ACC. Now, if you've been following along with uh, just all the Twitter sphere or X or whatever you want to call it um, and all the happenings there, you know that Florida State and the ACC are locked into a legal battle dispute about what is an actual penalty, what is an actual withdrawal fee, and if the uh, geo, the grant of rights, GOR, the GORE, if that's even enforceable, an enforceable document. Well, the latest updates that we have is that uh, both it, uh, the ACC and FSU have filed legal briefings back and forth in both st states, North Carolina and here in Florida, arguing all the different things, which you can go on, you know, uh, social media and find all the, the legal arguments there. But a couple of things that are that have uh, that are real interesting right now is number one. ESPN has finally entered the chat. <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. Right. After after accusation of accusation about the secret deal, uh, the that the ACC you know got with ESPN and the ESPN has not read up the deal and all the hagglings. Finally, the uh, ESPN has submitted a legal brief in North Carolina and in the state of Florida on behalf of the ACC, arguing that Florida State should not be. You know, uh, basically, the biggest thing is that they're arguing is that the documents, the the uh, TV agreement between the ACC and the ESPN, should not be uh, revealed. That those should be kept and sealed. And they they allege Jesse that Florida State committed a felony by releasing the documents, which in the state of Florida, okay. Now I I've read this and I'm not we're, we don't claim to be legal experts so but I just read this so I'm literally repeating what a legal expert said in the state of Florida Florida State University as a public university is required Jesse required you you know how to spell yep. that word right you know what it means right it means that you're forced Florida State is to, required yep. to by release law. by law those documents and yep. the ESPN is trying to argue that no in the state of Florida that's not legal they are required by law. It's in the law that they're required to release those documents. So to claim that Florida State is uh, committing a felony is asinine. It's just ridiculous. The right. other update, the bigger update, the one that we should all be paying attention to, is that in the ACC's latest filings, and I, I'm not going to word it correctly, so I'm just going to sum it up, basically, Michael speak, is the ACC basically made a statement that indicates very clearly that they are ready to go to the negotiating table. Yep. They are recognizing my assumption is that if this goes to trial and it's going to, and if it goes to trial, it's going to extend way beyond 2025. If this goes to trial, there's a chance they could lose this because the gore is not the grant of rights, which we've argued, which as fans, we've been arguing this forever. Right. Is, is this really an enforceable document? Is the penalty $500 million? That's the minimum. Five hundred. Is that an actual uh, withdrawal fee? Does that actually what it would cost damage-wise to Flor if Florida State were to lead the ACC? No. No legal expert on either right. side believes that to be true. The ACC is starting to finally come around to this idea of like, ooh. And so they they wrote in the in the filing that if Florida State wanted to get their media rights back, they could buy them back. That's yep. basically what's the term. That is that is legal speak for we would like to meet you at the negotiating table. Now, right. I'm a, the, it, like the thing where they do like the I'm going to write a number on a piece of paper and I'm going to slide it over slide to, it over to see how it works, <laughs> which is funny because, you know, the whole premise of the ESPN's argument, you know, it's like the. Florida State went at the little brother, and they're like, hey, 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 I need some help over here. Come on, right. so bail me out. 
And they're talking about all these trade secrets that Florida State supposedly, by making these documents public, are releasing trade secrets. The hell kind of trade secrets are we leaking here? You got the worst, like you basically got called a non-power five conference by the committee last exactly. year. And, and like, what are you leaking? Now I understand there's some some details in there. Um, but at the same time, it's like I don't see this being some kind of magic magic wizardry of trade secrets where they're doing some things. I think it's they just these trade secrets are the ineptness of Swafford and company back in the day, and they don't want to oh, get damaged. They don't they, they don't want to a light. Yes. So yeah, yes. your trade secrets are more like dark trade secrets. Correct. And ESPN probably doesn't want, I mean, in some ways, some ways I, I still think ESPN wants the demise of the ACC to happen because uh, it would free them up more money to give to the SEC. Right. Um, and so I do think that, but ESPN probably also doesn't want those things to come out because it kind of shows it gives Florida state and anybody else who wants to leave that much more leverage over ESPN. Like Florida State would have leverage if those trade secrets come out to show the ineptitude and the basically done and what I forget what the phrasing is when uh, when you do business not in faith like like in good right uh, right, right. whatever that phrase whatever yeah yeah not good faith right I really think that's some of what the ESPN is like. Well, we don't necessarily want that to come out right right. Um, right. Now, the ACC doesn't want it to come out because it would show the ineptitude, like you said, of how terrible they were at managing this whole TV thing way back when. I remember when I was a junior in high school, we were playing NC State one night, and I remember they, they were commentating about how the ACC was going to get this great network, and it was going to help us to, to grow and be this power conference. And I'm thinking, oh, man, okay, let's go. And it took years before yeah. that even materialized when the sec and and texas texas had its own network before anybody else did like uh, yeah that shows you the ineptitude of the acc and so that is all coming now here's the bigger here's the other thing too and i'll, I'll throw it back to you is this you know we've been speculating that there is no way there's no way that florida state would do this would pursue this um this trying to get out of the ACC and, and break the, the grant of rights, if they didn't have some kind of some form of a guarantee from another conference, whether it's the SEC or the Big Ten, that they have a spot for them. Now, as you know, the Big Ten and the SEC, they can't write something down. They can't, right. you know, slide a note because that would be tampering and they would be in all kinds of trouble for that legally, right? But you better believe it that they're, uh, we've been reading – this is sources out on the internet that I trust. They're basically saying that Florida State has a seat waiting for them in the Big Ten. Like, yep. guaranteed. It's them and North Carolina that's basically been given a blanket. Like, hey, you get out of that, you are here. You're welcome here. And so Florida State takes that, puts that in their back pocket, and they pursue this thing. Now, Jesse, and I, I'd love your thoughts on this, is, what does that do for ESPN? You think ESPN really wants a Big Ten flag in their already dominated regional sports? The Big Ten is already basically a national conference. They have more yep. influence in the sense of college football as a whole because of having schools out in the West Coast and having basically most of the East taken care of. And now you're saying they're going to get a flag in the hotbed of Southern football? Man, right. that's a. I don't know if ESPN or the SEC would want that to happen. Yeah, I think that's a big thing because you immediately go, well, are they really going to join a conference in the SEC that they're in a legal battle with now? So the SEC doesn't seem to make a lot of sense, but there has been a few rumblings that the SEC might be in, you know, willing to bid a little right. bit for Florida State because, again, at the end of the day, this is a profit thing, and and right. TV controls everything. And you know, I listened to a podcast uh, by some friends of mine, the Ohio podcast, and they're they're an Ohio State podcast, and they did a good video where they talked about some of the stuff. And and it was like, um, you know, because I don't know a whole lot about the Big Ten, so right. I was listening to some of the things that they said, and they had mentioned how their conference commissioner, they do kind of like to keep the rivalries intact. That's why they went after USC and UCLA, Oregon yeah. and Washington, because they were able to get top brands. And this is why I think you could see Miami kind of get little brothered into the Big Ten mm -hmm. to bring them along with Florida State because then you almost have control of the state of Florida. Now, of course, you have That's Gainesville right. right in the middle, um, you know, but at the same time, you would have a really big footprint. And then at that point, 
you're stretching, like you said, it, it's a national conference. You're going from the West Coast to the East Coast, from the North all the way to the Southern Tip. That's right. And so you are going to cover the the entire United Ooh. States. And and to me, one, you're getting into one of the the most populated states in the country with the most TV right. sets and the most eyeballs on the TV sets. That's right. So to me, I think again, people talk about whether Florida State is wanted or not. Look again, when I talked about the top 25 most watched teams in in college football last year. Florida State was one of those top 25 teams That's that was right. not in the SEC or the Big Ten. It was them and Notre Dame and Clemson. And then, of course, Colorado was there one year, but, you know, everybody was, was you know, yeah. blowing up Dion, and, and that, that'll probably fade off. But, again, you know, it's just the media value of Florida State that's going to get right. them a seat at the table. Now, that's right. what's funny is, like, the same kind of – handshake you know under the trees or whatever they said in the, in the statement deal that might get florida state out of the acc is the same kind of deal that might get us into the big 10 because we had right. kind of that that secret handshake deal but That's again right. yeah i don't believe they would have bitten off this big uh, of no. a deal without a, a landing spot That's and right. yeah i think you're right i think it's just going to come back to negotiating on a number where the penalty will get thrown out the window and they will end up just saying you know what's your what's your price you want to buy your media oh, yeah. rights back for yeah. And then I think it's going to be the Big Ten. Now, I think if you can get an offer from the SEC, even back channel, it's good for you because you can then play that off of one another right. and you can kind of drive your price up. Um, you know, you you obviously the Big 12 is not an option and right. staying in the ACC would be your only other option. But again, that's obviously untenable because yeah. of what they're doing. Right. And even if they reach a big number, you know, some of the reports that the Project Osceola that they put out, yeah, I saw that. Heavily, heavily redacted. So Oof. there's not much you can take out of it. But from what I read, you know, some of these private equity partners that they've been reaching out to, they could fund the money. They could get oh, yeah. you, there. There's a portion in there that's for leaving the ACC. And, you know, it may mean things like you're going to put a name on the Tucker Center. That should have yep. happened a long time ago. Long time ago. Right. You, you might see, you know, Doe Campbell Stadium might be whatever like whatever name brand criminal so the the speculation right now is and and this is this is credible sources so i'm not saying that it's true i'm just saying the people who've said this i trust a lot that basically they are in a they're negotiating with the seminal tribe for potentially the seminal tribe using seminal hard rock stadium Bobby Bob Field. Like that could be a thing right. where they're and making between 1 to 5 million dollars on naming Dope Campbell Stadium Right. It's a lot. And when you look at the numbers, it's a lot. When I saw something like the Tucker Center, they estimated was, I think, something like 800000 to a million or whatever. Mm. I was like, why didn't we do that 10 years ago? Exactly. Who, you, know, you know what I mean? Like, no no disrespect to Donald L. Tucker or whatever, but, you know, put a name on there. Get paid for it. And you've seen that trend going around with some of the other yep. stadiums around the country. And I think as long as you can generate that revenue to help you get out, again, the conference payouts, especially, again, tying this back into the 5-7 model, if you're looking at an unequal revenue share for the playoffs. If you're looking for all these things, it's just another feather in the cap yep. of why you need to get the heck out of the ACC Absolutely. and get to one of these. Because again, if they do anything to upset the apple cart with those two conferences, there's literally nothing stopping them from going, okay, we already have everybody. We're going to yep. maybe snap up one of their two of these other programs like Notre Dame or whatever. And then we're going to go play in our own sandbox. We don't need you anymore. Right. And so, yeah, I think that puts the emphasis on why Florida state needs to get out. I think it's coming sooner than later. Yes, sir. And I think a lot of what you said was true, where it's like, if you know ahead of time, if you have a good inkling that Florida State's going to find their way out, and if one finds their way out, Clemson's not going to stay, whether or not anybody else leaves the ACC, and I'm sure at least North Carolina's probably going to make it yeah. out of there too, is ESPN even going to pick up that extension? So is no. the ACC could be like the AAC you know, yes. or, or or the the same way the Big East went by way of now they're a basketball conference. So like it yep. could very well happen. And yeah, man, I, I think it's going to happen sooner than later because I think they know that no matter what the ACC does, as far as unequal revenue sharing, performance space, it's rearranging deck chairs on the Titanic. Yep. It's yep. not going to do you any good. You have to Absolutely. get out of here for the long term picture of the way the sport is headed. And and you Absolutely. know with the with the the new alliance between those two conferences, you can see what's coming. You know, you can yep. you can see it coming. And so, um, yeah, man, that's that's pretty interesting. I, I think it's going to happen hopefully sooner than later. I, I think that you know, I, I still think the August fifteenth date is still like a, a thing where they have to name whether they yep. want to be out that year. I'm for sure they're gonna you know they're probably gonna play in the ACC in twenty four, but I think twenty five you're gonna be looking at some things. Yeah, you know, maybe a Big Ten schedule or, or whatnot. But yeah. I think it's obviously better for you in the long term. 
Absolutely. Yeah, I think they'll, yeah, they'll definitely obviously play the 24 ACC schedule where we need to really keep our eye on is that 25, 26 range. I think that's yep. where I've heard or I've seen, sorry, let me just say that because I am i don't have sources. I read a lot of sources. <laughs> yeah. uh, I've read where 26 seems to be like the cutoff. Like they need, they want to be out yeah. of the ACC by the, by 2026. So. Yeah. Yeah. I always say like, I got sauces, but I ain't got yeah, I sauces. Got sauces <laughs> but I got no sauces. <laughs> but no, I agree, man. It's, and also keep in mind, 26 is when they're going to reformat the playoffs again. That's and right. So you That's could right. see, you could see like maybe they don't guarantee those playoff spots now, but in 2026, they're like, okay, let's go to a 16 team playoff. And these right. two conferences are guaranteed 10 spots or something like that. And That's you right. just want to put yourself in the best place to, to be in the conversation at the end of the year. So that, guys, is pretty much going to do it for us in this episode. We just wanted to kind of get out here and talk about this new 5 plus 7 format. I think it's exciting for the game. Yes. I think it's going to make the postseason a lot more exciting. You know, again, you look back to last year where, for better or worse, people just don't care about the New Year's Six Bowls anymore. And I That's think right. this is going to make it more important. I love the idea of home playoff games. I'm not mad at the idea of an automatic win with a bye if you make it in there. That's right. I like Let's the idea go. of the little bit of Cinderella story too. So I think it's going to be good for the game. Um, I'm excited about it and, and I just can't wait, man. I, I think it's going to be a fun season in 2024. And I really hope more than anything else, we get to experience it firsthand, whether it be at an at-large team or a conference champion. I just hope we get to find out what the 12 team playoff is like. And, uh, you know, we get to be in the first rendition of it. So, you know, looking forward to it and, uh, hope, well, you know, Jesse, hold on a second. Now, before we stop this conversation about the five, seven model, just to bring us to a close. Now, the best number one champion of all apparel wear is alumni hall. And, you know, they're not getting left out of the playoffs because they're That's a right. champion every time you stop by there. So if you go check out Alumni Hall, who we thank for sponsoring this episode, and go load up on some new Seminole gear that you can wear to that home playoff game if you want, go check them out. 1415 Timberlane Road is their new location that is packed full of FSU gear. Or you can order online, have it shipped to your door. Either way, you're saving 10% with code SPEAR. So make sure you go check those guys out. Code SPEAR to get 10% off your order. Got some new baseball merch in that I got my Ooh. eye on. And so I'm thinking about getting one of them Sunday gold shirts. Uh, so go. go check them out. Thank you guys so much for supporting those that support us. And with that being said, we will wrap it up here. So thank you guys so much for tuning in. We'll catch you on the next one. And as always, go Knowles.